Hello, and welcome to the Nonfiction Authors Podcast, where we interview experts who help you learn how to write, market, publish, promote, and profit from your book. The podcast is brought to you by the Nonfiction Authors Association.com, which is the home of the Nonfiction Writers Conference.com. We have several membership levels, all of which offer discounts on our live courses and so many other benefits. Find out more at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com slash join. Hi, everybody. This is Carla King, your host for the Nonfiction Authors Podcast. And on today's show, we're talking with Joey Garcia on the big career impact of concept essays. You're going to learn what a concept essay even is, why they're so great for building your platform and how to pitch a topic to publications and much more. So let me tell you a little bit more about our guest and we'll get started. Joey Garcia is an editor and platform coach. She helps writers get known while they're writing their book so that when it's published, there's actually an audience waiting to read it. Yay. Joey's clients have been interviewed by or have bylines in the Wall Street Journal, Smithsonian Magazine, Ms. Magazine, CNN, and the Tamron Hall Show, among others. Joey is the indie author of When Your Heart Breaks, It's Opening to Love, and she's been a featured relationship expert in HuffPost, US Day to Day, Deutsche Welle, KVIE Public Television, Global Women's TV, Sweden, Australia's Ticker News, and Slate's Dear Prudence podcast. Lots of experience <laughs> there. Yay. And in 2017, Joey established the first ever literary fellowship in Belize, her birthplace. She also partners with literary agents to co-lead an annual retreat in Belize for writers from all over the world. And next month in May 2023, you'll find Joey at the annual Nonfiction Writers Conference in a session about how to write articles for promotion and profit. Thank you for being on the podcast, Joey. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about essays. I am too. And I let's start with the definition because the essays I really am familiar with are the old like Ralph Waldo Emerson essays. And <laughs> now people, it feels like they're talking about articles and it's really an essay or a story. It's, it's fuzzy to me and probably a lot of people. So can you help us understand what a concept essay actually is? Well, let me start first by saying what a, a personal essay is. So a personal essay is like a piece of nonfiction um, that shares an interesting, thought-provoking, entertaining, and sometimes humorous story for readers that's drawn from the writer's personal experience. So it relates the author's experience to the reader by um, offering some kind of universal insight, something to think about, often something that resonates long after they finished reading. So that's what a personal essay is. And then there's different kinds of essays in general and different kinds of personal essays. And one kind of personal essay is what's called the high concept essay. And that's what I have found is like rocket fuel for a writer's career or can be. Okay. Well, thanks for that. And so uh, do, well, I've never heard a call for submissions for a concept essay. So where, where do we publish them? Who do we look for? Yeah. So let me first say, so it's, it's high concept. Um, mm -hmm. And that actually is drawn from the film industry. So high concept film. So for example, um, uh, we all know Jaws, right? Jaws was like a blockbuster and still is a very popular film. 
So when the film Alien with Sigourney Weaver was pitched in Hollywood, it was pitched as Jaws, but on a spaceship, right? So that's high concept. We can understand the concept very quickly. And um, the concept is what drives the story. So high concept means in general, creative work that's easily pitched and is pitched with a really succinct stated, succinctly stated premise. So the high concept essay is just that same idea, but in essay form. So one um, one high concept essay that was uh, recently um, very popular um, was an essay about a man who was getting through the loss of his mother, getting over grief by doing with um, by doing what he would have been doing with her, which is watching Sex in the City. <laughs> so you know that's that's the idea of a con- high concept essay in the sense that. Um, you know, it often draws from pop culture, something that's already existing in pop culture. So that's one thing to think of. There aren't really uh, calls for them, but they are the essays that we find getting published and um, getting shared, right? Getting shared quite a lot, sometimes going viral. So um, can I say a little bit more about that? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So now, one of my clients, Sharon Spaulding, um, has a fabulous high concept essay. And um, I'm, I want to talk a little bit about how that came to be, because I think that's pretty interesting. Um, so high concept essays have a lot of entertainment value, and they're pretty original, like the premise is pretty original. And remember, again, it's concept driven, not um, character driven, not, you know, driven in other ways. I was watching um, uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel for the second time, watching the whole thing through. Have you ever seen it? Oh, I have. I love it. Love it. I love it. Right. Yeah. And she happened to mention suffragettes, and um, that's a that's a key aspect of the novel that um, that Sharon's working on. And Sharon has found um, a relative of her husband's who was a key figure in. in sex education and was fam- more famous at the time um, that she was living than Margaret Sanger, more famous than Margaret Sanger, but we remember Margaret Sanger's name. So she's writing about this person. And I thought, wow, you know, what if, because um, what if is one of the questions that helps us conceive of a high concept essay. What if the marvelous Mrs. Maisel met the dynamic Mrs. Dennett? You know, um, so Mary Ware Dennett is the real person that Sharon was writing about. You know, then how 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 might we be dealing with sex ed and censorship? Those are issues that both women have dealt with in various ways, right? Um, Mrs. Maisel through a comedy. So we conceived of this um, this essay. Sharon wrote it. I edited it. Uh, we pitched it to. Um, to Ms. Magazine, and they took it right away. They were thrilled. But as often happens, because magazines are are full up, so many of us are pitching them, and also because the Mrs. Maisel um, um, series uh, was was in production. So it was going to be some time before it actually hit, hit the screens again. So it took nine months before it was published. Mm -mm. Wow. 
yeah, it's a long time to wait. And it was very hard for Sharon. She was thinking, should I, should I wait and, um, you know, try to get it published somewhere else? And I was like, no, Ms. Magazine, wait for it, wait for it. Yes, that seems like a really important audience because she's a historical fiction author, right? Yes, yes. But she's actually building two careers, right, as a writer. So she, she's writing nonfiction, um, historical, you know, nonfiction and fiction, right? Mm-hmm. So she's got both going. And I think that in some, for some writers, both are important. So how did that fit with her book launch timeline? Was it worth the wait? Definitely worth the wait, because what it did is give her credibility in the eyes of agents who are now interested in her book, right? So one of the things that is interesting, because often agents, we're told that agents say, oh, if you're writing fiction and you don't have to have a platform, but it really helps if you do. And one of the first things a couple of the agents that she pitched said is, do you have any, do you have any bylines on this topic? And she said, yes, as a matter of fact. And she's been published also since, you know, in, in Smithsonian and other other publications as well. Yeah. And I've so, been doing research for this episode. I went to her website. I read the Ms. Magazine article. It's very long. Um, and, and some essays are short. Some are long. Um, I don't know if there's a word count, um, if every magazine is oh, different. It's different. Yeah. The, so um, long form. Sorry, I've got it like an eyelash here. <laughs> Uh, that's that's tweaking in my eye. Well, the radio people won't notice. Uh, um, But yeah, you know, it does vary. And shorter essays are the, are often the norm, but some of the, um, some of the larger, um, more formidable um, mainstream online publications like Ms. do Mm. still like long form essays, like the Atlantic, you know, you want to go really deep into a topic. Mm. So yeah, and some of the some literary magazines magazines do as well. Um, the other thing I think that's really important to consider about high concept essays is they have mass appeal, right? They have wide appeal, and so I, I, um, I think that's important for us to remember as we're writing something. They're also highly visual and um, usually include something unique, something um, unexpected. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did have a, a twist and it did go very deep and we'll put the direct link to it in the show notes so everybody can go look at it. Um, mm-hmm. I was also looking, I think she wrote something in brevity and I really love brevity because, you know, it's, it's just a short, they have very short, very wonderful essays um, as well. Um, that might've been me. <laughs> oh, that was you. Yes. You have, I wrote you have for, quite a yeah. number of clips as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, I I love the idea of high concept essays. I actually came up with that. Um, by the way, it doesn't is the name. Yeah, I kind of come up with the idea of high concept essays as opposed to the whole Hollywood thing. I'm sure somebody else thought of it before me, but I've been using it. Um, and I I think that it's kind of where we're going because pop culture is such an important part of um, you know, our our culture and our um, interest levels. So pitching a high concept essay can really boost your career. What are you, what was the timing on that? I know Ms. had its own uh, reasons for delaying it, but should you try to time it with a news story? With Well, I think that it really does help to have a news hook. Mm. Uh, most of us are more interested in in, in reading an essay when there is a m- news hook, when it's already connected to something we care about or are interested in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, noticing what's trending in the news can be very helpful 
in determining whether you have a news hook um, or whether you should write one into your essay, but don't try to force one. You know, don't put one there just because something's trending and you feel like you need um, to connect to it. It has to be a natural um, sort of alignment. If it if it feels forced, you're just going to turn the the editor off. They're not going to be interested. They're not going to think you have the writing chops. Right. That might be something for letters to the editor instead, right? <laughs> or an op-ed, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So is as kind of essay you're talking about for um, creative nonfiction writers or could uh, like an environmentalist or a how-to author, sports, you know, tech, business, could they take advantage of that kind of publicity and create essays as well? Absolutely. Any kind of, of nonfiction um, author would find their footing in this kind of a, a essay, a high concept essay. You could, um, if you're writing, if you've written a business book, for example, um, I haven't seen the t- TV show Succession, but I understand it's about the business world. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But, you know, taking something like that that's in its last season and maybe, uh, maybe writing an essay about how, what, what you've seen is true or not true, or or again coming back to what if the character in succession, da 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 da, like you know, connecting it to something in the news. So those are easy ways to um to make natural connections and promote your work. So you, you can be a geologist, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have any um there's nothing to hold you back. You have to wait for an earthquake for that, right? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Well I suppose, you know, I mean I've had clients who were in cryptocurrency and you know um, and now AI, there seem to be a lot of really in-depth essays uh, about AI right now and crypto. Um, and we just can't, kind of can't get enough of it, um, especially from experts and nonfiction authors who write prescriptive uh, and how-to books are experts. So I would think that you, um, you, you, know, you know, if you read Forbes and if you read uh, Wired and all of that, you want, might want to look at those formats for inspiration. Yeah. And I think from a platform building standpoint, it's really, it, it's really essential to have more than your book to prove your expertise. Mm-hmm. And essays are one way to do that. And one of the important things to keep in mind is if you do a really good job, which is you've written it really well and you've hired an editor to help you because most of us cannot see our own shortcomings in our writing. So you've hired an editor to look it over and give you some tips and then you pitch it, and you've done a good job writing a pitch and pitching it, then what will happen is that one essay, one published, will lead to other opportunities. Because that's that's what's so powerful about doing your work well, is that other opportunities will open up. And for nonfiction authors, that's really key to building their expertise, solidifying their expertise, and creating um, more avenues and opportunities and audiences for their books. Right. And once you get one good byline, they just uh, it just proves that you're trusted and other editors are going to trust you to come through on the deadline, et cetera. And you have to come to them with a whole essay or do you pitch them? It depends. Um, Some platforms, some, you know, um, online publications prefer to work with you. So they like you to pitch an idea so they can be a part of shaping it. Um, Others like to see a draft. Um, the the instructions vary, so you can find out by checking the submission requirements for each publication. 
Yeah, we should always do that. And what about the format? I mean, I just remember the old, you know, university essays, like your thesis paragraph and your proof, proof one and proof two and your conclusion and all of that. Um, do you see, is, is does that hold true for these kinds of essays as well? Not necessarily, you know, that um, that's more of an academic style essay and it's, it's pre preparation for writing in academia. It's not really preparation for writing for mainstream publications, but, um, but what we can take from it that is valuable is that there, there is a need to, um, to prove whatever you're saying, whether that's by linking to a valid um, survey or, or valid research, you know, something that's done by an organization like the Pew Research Center that actually has ground, you know, in this sort of things that has standing in these sort of things. Um, so that's, that's, I think, really important to consider. Um, but uh, in academic writing, we're not encouraged to write about our own experience. And at this time in history, writing about our own experience is one of the key ways that people do build a platform for themselves, right? So, you know, that's another way it differs. And I did notice that, um, you know, in the essays, yours and Sharon's and others that I've read, uh, you tell stories. You don't always tell your own story. You bring in other stories. Yeah, it depends. I think most of what I've written has been uh, my own stories because um, I'm really interested in coming to understand myself by writing about my experiences. But um, I know with clients, when when I'm helping them build a platform, it is about um, solidifying their expertise. And so we're, we might be telling a different story. It may be com coming from that essential question, what if you know, that launches a lot of, a lot of great essays and especially high concept essays. Mm -hmm. And do you, I understand they do pay a little bit of money or sometimes a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It, it depends on the, the particular publication and it may depend on whether your essay is accepted for print or online. Um, but bear in mind that the um, kind of the kind of freelance writing um, career isn't as easy as it was in the past. It doesn't mean it's still not possible, but it, it's not quite as easy to be a full-time freelancer. And a lot of publications are inundated by great, great work to be published, right? Mm -hmm. Great publishable essays. And so the more competition, um, the less likely that they pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I certainly, you know, I made a living as a travel writer uh, one time in my past, and that just is really is almost impossible now. <laughs> yeah, things have really changed. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, you know, and thankfully, I've had enough uh, experience to write books. So that that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. And to help other people be successful, because I, I really love bringing forward my background in media to help authors be successful. It's it's really fun to see them advance and see their dreams come true. Well, I know. I mean, you've been a media pro and been on TV and um, radio and uh, podcasts. And uh, so you've rejected plenty, right? <laughs> I've rejected? What do you've you mean? rejected plenty. I, I remember uh, when I first met you, you were telling us how, how you would get uh, pitches for guests oh. and um, you that's how you learn. I mean, you really know yeah. from experience, like what works and what doesn't. And where you have a stack of books in your hallway and yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Most most publications, well, you know, most TV radio stations have free for all piles or piles of books that have been sent in by publicists or or authors and that are just going to the dump because they were not really targeted. You know, they they would be sent in and they have nothing to do with the kind of shows we have or um, yes, you know, it's, uh, that kind of problem. Well, so how does an author? you know, even start, I was looking around going, okay, where would I start? Would I look at the travel magazines? Would I look at, you know, would I just read a lot? What are, are there any steps that you can help us with to start to dip in and get inspired Yeah, and, you know, pitch? Yeah. So I, so if you're going to pitch a high concept essay and let, can we just play it out? You and I, so, yes, you know, you're a really seasoned travel writer and a terrific writer. So there's two things, right? Two things. Cause sometimes people have great ideas, but they're not, their writing chops are not there, but they think they are. So that's something you have to be honest with yourself about, but you're there. So let's go with that. So let's look at um, one of the top shows. It's a sort of a travel show unexpectedly white lotus right they were in italy and they were in hawaii and we don't know where they're going next but so taking a show like white lotus that is already um making all of us salivate for these long fabulous vacations and then maybe connecting with um uh some memory that uh, you have of traveling like oh i mean some of the some of the uh, scenarios are really outrageous they in are. White Lotus, but, you know, maybe somebody has an experience of pickpockets, so dealing with pickpockets, how, how to protect yourself better than mm-hmm. you've ever had before, or, you know, why you shouldn't travel with friends or why you should, um, uh, why you should have to take a separate vacation from your, <laughs> from your spouse or partner, or why you shouldn't, you know, like there's lots of ways to play it out and make it really fun and then still circle back to you and your work as a travel writer or as a, as an author of travel books, for example, that's just one example. And just do a, what if, you know, brainstorm a list of what if just open a Google doc and brainstorm. And that's one way. But the thing to remember is it isn't just the essay, because again, some editors are going to read your pitch and not your essay. A lot of authors are, are seasoned in, in, writing pitches because um, they may be trying to get an agent at some point. It's there are similarities and differences. Um, and, but learning to pitch is one of the most important things that uh, any writer can learn. Because as my friend Catherine Sands, a literary agent says, everything we do is a pitch. <laughs> you know, you want someone to go on a date, that's a pitch, right? So everything we do is a pitch. So get really good at pitching. Great advice. And finally, you're presenting at the Nonfiction Writers Conference um, on a similar topic. Uh, Can you tell us more about your session? Well, one of the things I think is so important, and we talked a little bit in here about, is just using your essays to promote your book and yourself. I think it should always be sort of a two-pronged effort. So we're going to look at how to um, write an essay for promotion and profit and profit for your career. Maybe you'll make money with the essay too, but profit for your career as well. And um, we'll actually be doing hands-on work. It's more of a workshop. So people have a chance to really come up with good ideas that they can um, further uh, polish and hone and, and hopefully you know, get some traction with, because that's what's exciting is actually hearing that somebody has had some success. Yes. 
Oh, that sounds fun. I love workshoppy stuff. Yeah, I do too. I think, you know, it's great to listen to somebody smart talking. I enjoy that as well. But when I I get a hands-on opportunity, I learn so much more. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've seen you do that and you're very good at it. (laughs) Well, thank you for giving us a preview and uh, I'm inspired. Now I'm going to start looking, you know, at these, these TV series now with an eye to uh, creating a high concept essay. I love that. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Thank you, Carla. I really appreciate this opportunity. I can't wait to be at the conference. It's uh, one of my favorite events. (laughs) Me too. I'll be there too. So see you then. And thank you to our listeners for joining us each week for 30 minutes of expert tips for authors. Whether you're watching the show on YouTube or social media or listening on your favorite podcast app, navigate to the episode page to find links, show notes, highlights, and a whole transcript at our website at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. In the meantime, keep writing. The world needs your experience and expertise. Thank you. See you next week. Hey, just a couple more things. I want to give a shout out to our awesome sponsors and partners, which you can find in our resources section, along with a huge list of experts who can help you with every aspect of your publishing journey. Thanks again for your time. And please join us each week by subscribing to our YouTube channel or on your favorite podcast audio app.